Welcome everybody to another episode of HomeKit Insider. You've got me, Andrew O'Hara, here with my pal and famed Oompa Loompa Hunter, the same one used by the OG Willy Wonka. It is Steven Robles. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing well. So I'm the hunter. I'm not I'm not the Oompa Loompa. I appreciate that. I, I was Correct. You are the hunter, <laughs> which is unfortunate because you've been out of business for years since that factory mm, closed. That so is. I'm glad that you're keeping with it, found something else to do. So, that is true. Yeah. Is it uh, w- at what age do you think it's appropriate to show children the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory movie? Because I remember being scarred by it as a child. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I've always loved the both of the movies, so I would. I have no idea. Like, I, yeah, whatever I they want. The spoilers for this forty-year-old movie, but like you know that scene where they're like <laughs> floating up the kid and the dad, the grandfather, and like that fan is like yeah. going harrowing. It's a harrowing sure. scene. Uh, always, okay, well, then maybe yeah. the kid will learn not to eat bubbles. Like, it seems like a learning experience. <laughs> exactly. Also, it's amazing how that grandfather couldn't get out of bed, and then suddenly with the golden ticket, he's uh, running. For sure. Well, <laughs> running. I mean, he was dancing. Like, got him up and yeah, exactly. dancing. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is now the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory show. Uh, never seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I feel like it's non-canonical, but I don't know. I, I loved it, but I oh, did I mean, it's a different take on the movie. I really like both of them. Obviously, okay. Gene Wilder okay. is hard to replace in the original. Um, sure. Sure. The other one is just quirky and different in different ways, so I still liked it. Okay, very good. All right, well, listen, people I guess that's People have thoughts. Enough. People don't yeah, like the second like one, but hey. I'll stream uh, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory soon, then we'll do a movie review episode of Home Kid Insider. <laughs> just kidding. No, we won't. <laughs> it's funny because right. we had like a Raw Doll uh, trivia question last night. So oh. topical, topical. Okay, very good. Uh, uh, real quick, because we do we do have some home kit news. We're gonna get into five star reviews. We want to give a shout out. Tim Rand from the USA gave us ten stars. Not really. I mean, he gave us five stars, but he put ten emojis in the review title, which is amazing. He also likes some non tech partner thoughts on home kit. He remembers the episode where you had your wife Faith on, and uh, he very much enjoyed that non techy perspective. So I guess we need to. We need to do that again. Maybe get some. I, I don't know if I could ever get my wife on a podcast. I, I don't. I think she's averse, but we could try. We could try. I guess. I, I would be curious. Bring my dog on. Um, he has opinions. <laughs> yeah. he Every time hates I bark, that he gets caught on camera attacking the cat feeder. That's so. right. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, and then also a uh, paladin five two one from the USA gave us five star review. So thank you guys. Wonderful. All right. Let's yeah, jump that into Paladin some. Paladin 521 score just doesn't seem like enough now compared to Tim. Oh, only gave us well, five I mean, stars. He, he did the best he could. Paladin makes me think of that movie Jumper. You ever seen that movie Jumper? <laughs> I have yeah. seen Jumper. Yeah, okay, very Let's just good. talk about movies today, apparently. Yeah, I know. This is a movie podcast. No, no, we're going to talk about HomeKit. It's amazing. WWDC dropped, and we talked, you know, he had a ton of stuff come out. And then, you know, after the redesigned Home app, it's like, I guess that's it. But. Well, we got a couple things we're going to talk about. Uh, first of all, new HomeKit air purifier with reusable filters. So this is a, a name that I had not heard of before. The brand is Apolnos. Apolnos. This is going to be one of those pronunciation things. They, they're going to reach. <laughs> what, what do you think it is? Yep. How do you think you pronounce it? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, another HomeKit air purifier. seems as close as we get. Yeah, yeah. It's the Myth A1 air purifier, although it's not a myth, it actually exists. And this is going to have like washable, seems like, or at least replaceable filters for a HomeKit air filter. And so another option for you also has optional casters, 
situation. That's actually kind of cool for an air filter. I think that would be useful. So anyway, if you're interested, not yet available, it seems like, uh, but maybe available soon, hopefully here in the U.S. There you go. Yeah, that's the second one that I've seen with the uh, reusable, washable filter type dealies. The other one being, oh, now I can, oh, the One Life, the One Life mm. one, which I think is is getting closer to launch. But yeah, they're planning Home K and they have a washable filter in it. Though they did that redesign for their actual launch, and I don't like it as much because it's right. like bamboo, and I dislike the look of bamboo. But mm. hey, what what you got against bamboo? You just don't like it. Don't like bamboo. I just don't like it. I think it just, mm. there's some people who really like it. I don't like it for cutting boards, which it's used quite often. It's a little bit harder of a grain that can be mm. uh, tougher on your knives. It's just not a great cutting material for, for good knives. And I think just a lot of other products look kind of like cheap and tacky to mm. me. Like I have a lot of wood stuff in our house that uh, I've built or my grandpa's built and stuff like that. So we've got like a lot of walnut and things like that. And then there's like bamboo and it's like, it's very sustainable, which is good, but it's also just really widely available. So I, to me, when they put bamboo on like a tech product, it looked like they were trying to be fancy by adding wood, but they sure. cheaped out and went with like the cheapest wood they could find because they didn't mm. want to use a nice piece of wood. So Wow. I don't know. It was never my favorite material. That, that's some strong feelings on uh, bamboo. Interesting. This is now a bamboo movie it's review true. podcast. Bamboo Insider. No, just kidding. <laughs> Not doing that. You see, it's rhyming, rhyming today. Yeah, that's right. Now, this is kind of WWDC-ish. This was interesting. Aaron Pierce, he makes great HomeKit apps. He tweeted this uh, screenshot that Apple is now recommending developers use the term, and there's a new badge, like this visual badge, works with Apple Home instead of works with Apple HomeKit. I immediately had an existential crisis, Andrew, because we might have to literally rename the show. I'm not sure. So that's works. <laughs> Andrew is showing, if you watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash HomeKit Insider, he's showing a box with the badge that previously said works with Apple HomeKit. I actually have one as well. We can we can both hold up as our powers combine <laughs> our smart plugs. Yeah. So up until this point, it has been works with Apple HomeKit. And it looks like Apple is trying to move that to Apple Home, which I guess makes sense. You know, I saw people on Twitter like Apple calls its developer frameworks kit, whether it's AR kit, health kit, weather kit, and then home kit is obviously for the developers, for the product manufacturers. But when it comes to the consumer facing Apple side of the ecosystem, it's, you know, Apple One, the subscription service bundle, Apple TV, Apple Fitness Plus. And so having home kit as the consumer facing side, like I understand it's not really on brand with the rest of the stuff, but uh, might pose an issue with our podcast, <laughs> with our name. What do you think about that, Andrew? <laughs> okay, well, we're sticking with it at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is, it is a, it's a change that should have happened a long time ago. It never made sense that Apple called it, you know, home kit publicly. Like, it mm. should have always been works with Apple Home or some other PR-spun name because just HomeKit is is literally their developer framework. And, like, a good example is, like, the health app. So, it, like, everything will say, work with Apple Health, but developers right. use HealthKit. There are no badges that say works with HealthKit. They're just works with Apple Health. 
So you'll see those on products that integrate with that. So it's the same thing here, and it's just super peculiar that Apple, well, I guess originally there was no home app, right? So it was like, it works right. with HomeKit because it worked with that framework and right. developers built the third-party apps to go along with. And Apple realized, well, that's not a great solution because there's now no first-party option and doesn't bring a lot of visibility to the service. So they developed their own home app, but then it worked with like the home app and other ones. And it seemed like it just got away from them. So this is long overdue. Uh, plus yeah. we have the matter coming out, right? So now I'll it when I see it, trademark, they want it to colon. I'll believe it when I see it, I think is the proper that's right, term that's right. you used. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now we've got, we've got matter stuff. So matter, and it'll be able to say like, you know, works with Apple home if they're getting that additional certification or anything like right. that. So I think it makes sense. Just weird and took freaking forever to actually yeah. get here. So if you go to the actual page on their website, it still says works with Apple home kit. Uh, but I'm sure that'll change at least by the fall. It'll probably just change to Apple home, but curious. I think, I think it is good. I think it should have been like that from the beginning, like you were saying for sure. And, um, and yeah, so maybe, maybe with Home Insider, well, Apple Home Insider. No, I don't. Home Insider doesn't work. It's got to have the Apple yeah. Home Insider. But then it's like three words when right now we're like. Yeah, there's probably some know. copyright issue with the name. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, you know what's a great uh, product for your home, Andrew? Since we're talking about things we use in our Apple Homes, <laughs> a great product is the Nevia by Moen spa shower their quattro shower and like i said last time they were a sponsor their quick dry earth mat nebia makes amazing products for your bathroom and for your home so listen the nebia by Moen spa shower let's talk about that first of all i love it one super easy to install 15 minutes i had never switched out a shower head before but it's super easy give you all the instructions all the parts swap it out it's great and then what i love about it is it's height adjustable so when the kids get in there, they can pull it down. They want it closer to them. Adults get in the shower. You can move it up. Height adjustable after you install it. And the best part is it uses 45% less water. So you're saving water and getting a better shower experience. It atomizes the water droplets. That's our fancy word for making it a spa-like experience. It's got great thermal comfort, TM. No, just kidding. But they gave me that you know phrase, thermal comfort. And it looks great. You got four finishes, spot-resistant nickel, white and chrome, matte black, black and chrome. And like I said last time, I think they actually added it here in the, in the notes since I mentioned it. Offers awesome sustainable bathroom accessories such as their new quick-dry earth mat, which I'm still using, still love. It still boggles my mind how it just like dries quickly, first of all, but it just like soaks the water out of your feet. I just love it. So anyway, tell me something about Nevia, Andrew. Um, I like, so we always say like that spa -like experience and until I actually tried when I didn't know what that meant, um, you know, fully, <laughs> like fully comprehend what that would be. But the cool thing is like, it actually makes your entire shower warm. Like the air is warm. You don't like step out of the shower and you're shivering the whole thing, including like the walls of your shower, like the plastic or towel, whatever you got will be like warm. And it literally feels like you are in a spa where just everything around you is nice and comfortable. It's really cool. It is really cool. It'll upgrade your shower experience and you're saving water. And, oh, the magic wand <laughs> attachment with the spa shower. You definitely want the magic wand because it's really cool. So the Nebby by Moen spa shower starts just $1.99. And for HomeKit Insider listeners, here's the deal. You go to nebbia.com slash HomeKit. Use the promo code HomeKit at checkout to get 10% off 
all Nebbia products. So use that promo code HOMEKIT, Quick Dry Earth Mat, Nebbia by Mo and Spa Showers, Shower Accessories. Again, Nebbia doesn't usually do sales, but they've partnered with us for a long time, and this is a great deal to jump on. So go to nebbia.com slash HOMEKIT, N-E-B-I-A.com slash HOMEKIT. Check out all they have to offer and save 10% with promo code HOMEKIT. Save 10%. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Andrew, this is not even in our notes, but I'm going to throw you a curveball. Are you ready? Maybe. You ready? Here we go. Maybe. I'm winding up. Okay. Winding up. Oh. Stage oh. manager, what do you think? Uh, what do I think about stage manager? <laughs> yeah, because, listen, <laughs> I know it is not HomeKit related, but uh, this is the show where me and you talk, and it's been very controversial recently. I know you're running the betas everywhere. I've been running stage manager. I tried to get into it, and uh, I don't know. I just wanted to know what you thought about stage manager. I really like it. I think it's a very, well, I mean, it's two different things, right? There's like your external monitor support with the iPad, and then there's like the stage manager interface. Right. And especially when you're using with an external monitor, it's really nice. I mean, we've never had that windowed experience on iPad, and when you are putting it up on a bit of a larger display, I think it's really handy. And I've, I've still just been kind of tinkering with how I like my layouts, and it's very nice that you have like up to, what is it, eight apps, I think, in total. If that you're using are an external display. Responsive. Yeah. No, like when you're using your local display, you can have the four, like four on screen at once, but then you have like right. up to four down the side. Oh, yes. And correct, those yeah. ones are instantly revivable to where you last left them off. So even if you're, they're not like up and like refreshing, they're instantly live when you swap, swap around. So gotcha. I feel like it, it does make it different in that way. Sometimes I'd switch spaces, um, like full screen apps or whatever they're called on iPad. And you know, you'd have to wait for like reload or something. And stage manager I think makes that a little bit more seamless. Sometimes it just feels mm -hmm. like obnoxious that it's like not full screen. I'm like, thank you for putting bars down the side. I wish this full screen app was just full screen and I can, I can stretch it and make it full screen. But there are those times where I'm like, I just wanted it a little bit larger, especially with a smaller iPad. It's just unnecessarily takes up space with the stage manager interface. So, yeah, I don't know. I also, the name, because I say center stage all the time. I'll do videos and I'll just say center stage. I'll even like proof my videos and it's, I don't even notice it because I just still assume that it's, like I said, the right words. I'm like, yep, that was correct. And it's not. Center stage <laughs> not. is different from stage manager, and they're too similar. Yeah, there's a lot of terms for Apple's window management strategies now. I mean, expose still exists. Mission control Mission still control. exists. Spaces mm -hmm. still exist, Spaces. like the multi-desktop. And now you have stage manager. And you still have multitasking, like on iPad. You know, if you just swipe up and over... You get all your multitasking apps. Plus, you still have slide over and split screen. Like, you have them all. <laughs> like, it's just all there. Yeah. And I guess it's good, you know, flexibility for people who, who want that. I really spent some time with Stage Manager this past week because I wanted to see, like, what, what would I do with it? And I struggled with that. <laughs> like, I struggled with what would I do with it? I liked having two apps, but when you do two apps in Stage Manager, you can do a side-by-side, -side, but in the stage manager view, you get less of each app than you would just a normal split screen. So it's like, I, I, would, I think I would rather just do split screen so I get more app real estate if I'm doing two apps. And then if I'm doing like a sliver of an app, 
And, you know, the two thirds, I feel like that slide over or like you do the literal split screen, but with two thirds and one third with an app, I feel like I get more real estate. So I was trying to figure, I mean, I don't know of a time where I'll want those four windows all the time. Maybe if I'm doing research, taking notes and something else, I'm not sure, but I'm curious from our listeners and if you are, you know, as stage manager changes, what actual use cases people have found, like when I do this work or when I do this particular task, stage manager is really useful. And just a side note, uh, if you watch Craig Federighi's done some interviews with different outlets, he has said the stage manager is probably going to change a little bit over the summer, maybe a lot. And, you know, it's going to be cleaned up. Some of the little like controls when you click the three dots at the top of a window are not uh, enabled yet or don't work yet. Or the fact that you have to, when you turn it off on the Mac, you still have to go to control center and then you click it and then it's like another pop-up that you have to toggle <laughs> off. Like it's a little yeah, it's, it's Yeah, so all those bugs, you know, they, they a verb, you know, Apple has said explicitly that it's going to be changed and going to be made better over the summer. But yeah, I guess I'll be curious as people run the beta, what uh, what use case for Stage Manager there has been. I think I like groupings of windows, um, but I don't know. I just haven't found found a practical use case for me just yet. And so yeah, be curious what people think. And again, we're talking about like on the display versus on an external display. Um, using right. an external display, I think, is more beneficial when you have that more space. But is it, like, so the, the most recent time that I used it, where I found it really useful, I was writing. So I had like our publishing program open in Safari. I had uh, my Twitter feed open behind it, and then I had messages. And I thought that was really nice, because I could just keep what I had in my feed going. I had that going. Everything is refreshing, so I'm seeing as notifications are coming in with stuff. And this is like during dub dub week, so there was a lot of stuff going on on Twitter that I'm trying to keep uh, a focus on. And then I would jump over to, so that wouldn't have been possible without slide over, which wouldn't have been, which would have then covered up my second app at the same time. So there was no real way to do that beforehand. And then on top of that, I could jump to a second stage. I don't know what you call <laughs> individual groupings <laughs> of apps. Act two. But I would jump over to a second uh, stage with like my um, with Spark email and Slack and stuff like that, and was running those over top of one another. And then I could pull over Twitter feed if I needed to at the same time into that space if I was spending more time talking to somebody. Sure. But I thought that was more useful because when you get to that many apps, it's a lot of like swiping left and right to go between those full screen apps yeah. or split screen apps. And then when they're in the split screen mode, it's weird to move one from the other. So when I was moving Twitter from that one grouping to another grouping, I just dragged and dropped it because they were all open essentially at the same time. Sure. When I did it with like the full screen app interfaces, there's you have to like I think you have to basically take it out and then re uh, split screen. I don't know. It's just nobody more knows. confusing. Not even Apple knows. Yeah. yeah, nobody nobody knows how to actually do it. <sighs> <laughs> so it's all right. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, we'll see. So we will see uh, how it changes over the summer for sure. But um, yeah, I just thought I'd be curious. We'll, we'll update again maybe as it changes and hopefully it gets better over the summer. Now, you, you snuck something in here into the notes that cool wallet thing. Very descriptive. Yeah. What'd you talk okay. about? Okay. Well, we do, we've talked a lot about the Apple's MagSafe wallet. And yes, people probably yes. know that I like the MagSafe stuff. And they probably know that I like the... Um, 
I like the Apple MagSafe wallet, but there's like some problems with it. So recently I got something new oh. that I really like, and I'm going to go ahead and take out uh, one card because it has card numbers on it and not show that on camera. Um, but this is the case and wallet combo from Bellroy. They make leather goods. I've, yes. I've had their wallets for years. So I finally picked this up and I was very curious about it. And what's different is the wallet, it has little bars. So it, it actually like locks into place better. Ooh. So there's one there and one there. So when it slides on, it doesn't rotate at all. It just stays mm. right where you put it, making it more secure than Apple's MagSafe wallet. Mm -hmm. And this is really hard to see on camera. You like come to the side here. So I've got like the wallet and I can actually open it like one handed. It's cause I took my extra cards out, <laughs> but I can open it nice. one handed and oh, slide wow. my cards out really easily. And then it goes back in. Ah, uh, it's pretty yeah, slick. A little weird to see, but opens up. I can open it up with this hand too when I'm holding it. I can pop it open and slide a card out literally just one-handed, which oh. is really neat to be able to do. So, and cool. you can actually hold three cards in it. it one of the cards fell out because I only had two in there when I was doing that. But with three, they stay put just fine. So I think that is pretty cool. I like it. That's I like cool. it a lot. That is cool. I actually gave my MagSafe wallet uh, to my son because I kind of stopped using it and he just got a debit card and so he's using it. But I like that, you know, because taking it, you really got to take the MagSafe wallet off your phone to get anything out of it. You know, you have to be able to push your thumb against that little hole in the back of the wallet and all that. And it can be you know, cumbersome. And then you get the notification if you leave it disconnected for too long. So I do okay. love that Bellroy thing. I've, I've used Bellroy stuff in the past and I really like it. So that's a cool wallet. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Another mysterious note here you have is cool home app video. What you talking about there? Yeah. I just sent you a recording. Hopefully, I mean, it's not yep. hugely long, but this is like a, you live react type thing to this recording oh, I did okay. in the home app. Okay, here we go. So I'm, I'm, re I'm reacting to this video. And uh, reacting here we go. to this video. And let's see. This looks like the old home app, right? Patty. It is. Okay, very good. You're navigating to a room in your house, the guest bedroom. You're renaming the room name. This is for our audio listeners. I'm narrating live. Uh, and you're calling it. Oh my goodness. He renamed it Baby Room. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh my goodness. Well, that's it's in your house, so I assume that means it's your baby. <laughs> so, his congratulations, his congratulations in order. Are you having a baby? We are, we are. Awesome, we're really man. excited, and we were like, I mean, I had, I, I, neither of us had really put anything out like on Instagram or Twitter or anything, and I wanted to share with the HomeKit audience before oh, I put anything man. out like out on my Twitter feed. I don't, I haven't even told everyone at uh, work yet, so. <laughs> Well, congrats. I'll tell everyone here and I'll tell everyone at work and yes. can actually be publicly excited about this. But yeah, so a whole new world of HomeKit stuff or smart home stuff to yes. start playing around <laughs> with. That's amazing. Well, congratulations to you and Faith. Tell her congratulations. That's very cool. And For yes, sure. I, I'm curious uh, how your, your world will change in the smart home uh, device categories because I'm sure... You know, all the smart stuff wasn't really around when I had my kid. I mean, smart stuff was around, but you got a lot more options now. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to like 
bedtime music for kids and different like soft lighting, you know, maybe in the in the baby room. You know, maybe you can put some light strips under the crib. Well, I don't know. The one thing that I did was um, put some smart shades on into the new baby room. Uh, we had like um, the like privacy ones, so you could still see light coming through, and we wanted some blackout ones. So we right. took that opportunity to put in some new uh, smart shades to control through Siri and all that stuff, and that were like fully blackout. So that is uh, like one smart thing we've already done for the new room, but. Yeah, awesome. not a lot of stuff like, you know, specifically baby stuff is like really home kit, you know, connected right. yet. Other than, like you said, like some of the lights and things like that. Um, like, you know, we don't have pet feeders or baby feeders that work with home kit. So we'll have to just use a regular, some sort of not home kit one to I'm drop curious. the kibble into their cage. <laughs> you know, one of the big things with babies is getting that monitor baby monitor with the camera and everything. We still used like the old school baby monitor RF cameras because again, mm-hmm. like HomeKit, there weren't a lot of HomeKit options then. Are you going to try and use a HomeKit camera that you can talk back through or are you going to use like a bespoke baby monitor in that room, you think? Dude, I don't know. You clearly I don't know bunches <laughs> of things about children off the top of my yeah. head and like we're looking at at the normal stuff and I'm like that looks fine and I don't no otherwise because i you know don't know anything in this space so i don't know i obviously yeah. home kit would be the first option because it's just native in there and i can trigger other stuff but you know if you're keeping a live feed going on all the time maybe that's not ideal and right. uh if you want to be able to get like an audio alert or something like apple doesn't have like audio alerts tied into home kit yet even though there are sensors that can be triggered by audio and things like that so it'll be interesting i will try not to bore our whole audience with baby stuff like all the time but yeah we'll talk about some cool smart connected kid stuff we haven't you know we've talked about especially like your kids now they're a little bit older and how they've interacted with some of the smart home stuff and your your need for you know better parental controls or limiting who can control things stuff like that so now we're going to cover some of the younger stuff. Some <laughs> of the things for itty-bitty things. That's awesome. Uh, you mount an iPad mini in the crib for a uh, home control. <laughs> the baby could just tap on things. <laughs> yeah, but say, how, how young is too young for them to have their first iPod? Or their first <laughs> iPad? Uh, well, you know, you could, you could start them young. Strap it to that side of the mm-hmm. crib. But uh, the one... Perfect. Now that you said that, you know, the one we will get off this quickly for our, our non-parent uh, listeners, but <laughs> I remember the one baby accessory that you really kind of need is the audio monitor that has like the green light to red light scale mm-hmm. of like, how loud is this cry? And it was like the one like at a glance, a visual indication of we need to get this child now or like maybe they'll go back to sleep. <laughs> like that one little green dot uh, level is, is I just remember my wife and I like staring at that many times of like, is this going to increase to the yellow <laughs> to the red? Or are going to go down? And so that that's one thing that HomeKit, you know, doesn't have that kind of like live monitoring for audio. Like you can put the, the camera up and you know, if you're watching the Apple TV, put your camera feed up for the baby room or whatever but you're not going to be able to have that kind of audio visual reference. Uh, you would actually have to have the audio up to hear what's going on in the room. So I'm, I'll be very curious how you, uh, how you solve some of these problems and what baby, I don't even know what baby monitors are available now. So it will be very interesting. Not like to I hear. know. 
Yeah. I mean, we're not, we're, so we're, we're fairly far along too. We're, our, our due date is uh, beginning of October. Okay. Yeah. So we're, That's... we're past the halfway mark. We're, yeah. we're getting there. You got to get, uh, you're going to have to start getting some stuff, preparing the nest. So, oh. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, I'm excited for you guys. Congrats again. And uh, yeah, you'll, you'll hear listeners what, what, <laughs> when Andrew enters the wide world of baby tech that is not HomeKit, because there are a lot of them. You can get like temperature sensors and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, I'm very I'm going to put about. like an Eve degree in its diaper or something. So that way <laughs> I'll have <laughs> yeah, the air quality also work. Air qual- you'll know when you have to change the diaper, the air quality will take Perfect. a sudden drop. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to Eve's crack marketing team. Let them know I've got a new, yes. new pitch for them. Oh, that's amazing. Very cool. All right. Well, well, very fun. We'll hear about that a lot, I'm sure, over the next uh, few months. Uh, well, real quick, um, I just want to mention about some Hue stuff that I have coming and uh, some stuff I have. So, um, you know, here in the office, this blanket that's behind me, uh, it'll be the final week you see this blanket on camera because my acoustic panels come in tomorrow as we record. So no more blanket. But I've been trying to think, like, I want more color to be able to fill that back wall. I got this one, you know, hue sign floor lamp that uh again if you're watching the video you can see that which i really like i'm going to move that and i'm going to try two more hue products philips hue they have a gradient tube is the official name for it and it's uh looks like a pretty good size i'm going to try and put the gradient tube over there and we'll see how that covers and then i also got a hue bloom which do you is that a bloom behind you what is that what is that hue product that lamp the the, The other thing is the iris iris that's right yes 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 that's the iris so, so I'm a, i wish it was a little brighter for my accent lighting just a yeah. little bit a little bit brighter but it does a good job well I, i'm gonna try the bloom and uh put that maybe on like one of the shelves back there we'll see so i'm gonna try those i've been really liking the sign lamp i do wish that there was gradient light control in HomeKit rather than just in the hue and the main reason for that is I have a bunch of scenes set up for like record a podcast and like the sign lamp turns a color and turns on, but you can't program a gradient into a scene. As far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but because the gradient control is only in the Hue app. Am I thinking right on that? I haven't messed around with it a lot. Does Hue not have anything like Nanoleaf does? Well, the like, Hue I app- Like Nanoleaf and LifeX, they have gradient products. And what they do is they you create that that scene or whatever in those apps, and then they're exposed to HomeKit. So, it, it, like you're you're creating it in those third party apps, but then they show in HomeKit, and then you can add all of your other accessories and automations that you want to run. So there are ways to do it, at least with the the NanoLeaf stuff, and I believe the LifeX stuff, who have those multicolored products. So there's a way around it. I don't know what. Uh, Hugh is doing because I only have the one product, which is the the TV light strip, which is very cool. But I don't have any like multicolor scenes that I set with it other than just what's on the TV. Okay, I do see that option to create new scene in the Hue app. So I will I will try that next, and we'll see. Especially when I get this gradient tube, uh, because I would love to you know have different colors on the gradient. But uh, but I do really like it, and uh, so I'm gonna try those Hue things. And then my my other question for you was. I was looking for, I'm trying to figure out how to do a recording light on the outside of my office. And, you know, you've talked about this before, how you have a little light that turns on when you're recording. 
And I did not think of all the things that I forgot to put like an outlet maybe above the door so I could like plug in a light and have it above the door to show like recording or not. So I I forgot to do that. So I don't have an outlet around the door or above it. There's one on the floor, you know, or near the floor, near the door, but I'm like, meh. So I was thinking, what if I put a little shelf next to my door and put a wireless light that I can program in a scene that will turn on and turn red when I'm recording. And then the kids and whoever can see like, oh, the light is red. He's recording. And I found one option, which is another Hue product, which is the Hue Go. I think it's called the Hue uh, something Go. And it is basically a portable light that is battery powered. Yep, the Philips Hue Go white and color. It's like 90 bucks, but obviously we'll work with the Hue stuff. And so by proxy would work with HomeKit. Uh, Obviously need the hub and all that. Uh, So I thought about this. And I was like, maybe, but then it's also like a proprietary charger. Like it's not like a USB-C thing. You have to like use the little pin charger that comes with it. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. So I don't know if you had a, a solution for that or if you think this Philips Hue Go might work well. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I w- This thing I think is pretty cool. Someone had sent me this a little while ago and it works with Siri shortcuts, I believe. They have, so it's battery powered. You can put it on the outside. You can change with like the smart version. There's different ones. So like there's like a, a pixel version where you can actually put whatever on the screen. The other ones, like the one that you're looking at, probably just says busy. You can act, they're just slide in signs. So they're like translucents that you just put in. So you could switch one that says recording and then you just turn it on and off through the app or through a HomeKit automation with via Siri shortcuts. So this would effectively do that. And it's like 120 hours of battery life of lighting up battery life but it's bluetooth low energy so it consumes like none when you're not recording 120 hours seems like you'd get like a few months of charge um out of Mm -hmm. this thing depending on how much podcasting you're doing over there um yeah and you i mean you can do stuff like integrate with your calendar to kind of automate uh as you do stuff but it seems like a, a possible solution that's right i do remember this it does say it works with siri so I assume that's Siri shortcuts. And um, yeah, okay, I might get it. So do you have one of these or would this be a new uh, product? Here? I don't have one. Okay, okay. Well, I think I'll get it. I think I'm going to get it and try it. You can do 3M command strips. I'm very curious how it works. Because so like the cheapest one, guys, 129 um, is the, the basic version of Bluetooth Low Energy, the slide-in signs changeable colors, all that kind of stuff. And then there is a digital version of this. It's called the Busy Box. The digital version has a 1280 by 480 display. Um, so you can customize the images on that one, but that jumps the price up to 300 once you get like the customizable fancy display. Then there's a pixel version, which is cute. It's all like retro pixel art, so you can still customize the display, but they're large pixels, so it's 32 by 8. That's like 200 bucks. That's kind of like a retro version without the higher resolution display. So there's like a few different options between slide-in, really fancy display, pixelated display. And then, yeah, you can get in a button or a remote to control. The button's kind of cool. It's just a little button. Smack it. Yeah, and your light goes on. Says you're recording. I don't know what the slide-in signs come with, Stephen. Like I don't know if they have. 
It comes um, with six slide-in signs, and it okay. gives you um, the words busy, on a call, do not disturb, recording, live, and on air. So you get... Okay, so I feel like recording or something is perfect. You do. Now, the one, the one thing that might mm, sway me, so the digital one is USB-C charging, USB-C mm-hmm. fast charging. I cannot figure out whether the standard sign is USB-C or some kind of proprietary deal. So I'm going to have to uh, research this thing, but I'll put a link in show notes so our listeners can, uh, I don't know, maybe help. I, I, th- I thought I was going to buy it on the air, return to form and uh, do that, but I need, I need to do a little more research, figure out which model I want. So I will, I'll hold on. I know but, they just say like tech specs is just general. It just record it or just, um, you know, charges, but they don't say like what it, I guess it doesn't even say a rechargeable, actually. It just says battery life. So maybe this just runs on double A's or something, man. That might be true. Oh, you can put a little, uh, a desk, you can get a desktop app and you can put a menu bar deal. Um, so anyway, I'm gonna have to contact them and see, see how integrated it actually is. So we'll do a follow-up. We'll do a follow-up next time. And, um, follow up. up. And, uh, last thing. Oh, what do you, how to adjust notifications on camera? Okay. That was you. What you got there? That was me. Quick question that somebody had when you've got something like a HomeKit secure video camera and you want to be able to filter your notifications by, um, by people basically. So I'm going to try to remember how I do this like live on camera here, but I go into the camera setting. That's not even a HomeKit secure video one. So it can't be that one. Let's try another one guys. Do to do beta app. You're so fun. Why do you do <laughs> Are you running the beta on everything? Do? You got betas everywhere? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I keep getting people on Twitter being like, this is why you shouldn't install the beta on your devices. And I'm like, I know. I, it's part of your did job. you not see my PSAs? Like I've done like three of them. Like this is my job. I am paid to, to do this for you guys so you don't have to install the betas. Yes. So I just love people like just comment like, don't worry, it'll get better before release. And that's why you shouldn't do that. And like all these other things I'm like, People, thanks, people, thanks. people. <laughs> Thank thanks you a lot. so much. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Anyway, um, trying to find a camera here that I actually have these notifications set up on, so I can see. So here we go. My Eve outdoor camera. So I go into the camera settings. I go to the gear icon. I go to status and notifications, and I have uh, receive activity notifications when. I have specific motion detection, but where is it? There is um, an option for people, and I swear it existed. Making it up? Are you making it up? I don't think I did. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember, um, oh, so I think it was under actually face recognition maybe. And then there's me. Yes. So it's under face recognition, and then there's all these people you'll see. And there's like recent, so there's me showing me today. And there's that little toggle this camera focuses for us, Steven. Um, (laughs) It's working, doing its thing. It's way too great. Um, But there's a toggle that allows you to hide notifications. So it sees that it's me. Mm. And if I just toggle that off, it won't show notifications for me. So when I set this up for my grandma for her Wemo doorbell, I did not want her to get notified that she is on her porch. Right. So I set this up. I basically coaxed her to walk onto her porch so it saw her face. 
it showed up in there. I made sure that that face was recognized as her from her photo library and then hid notifications for her. So that way, for me, when I go to the backyard, I don't trigger my camera. Faith doesn't trigger the camera. Stranger danger triggers the camera. So <laughs> right. that way it helps a little bit cut down on extra notifications. Very cool. No, that's a good one. That's a good toggle to have there. And uh, all right, well, last thing I'll say, this is just a quick automation that I set up. And, you know, I've, I've got HomeKit lights everywhere. I had two light switches left that were not smart uh, in my new house. And they were the toilet room lights. Like our master bathroom has like the toilet room, you know, sliding door and everything. And it had a light and a fan. And I was like, they were dumb switches because I was like, oh, we'll never. And I was like, no, I want to switch them out. So I switched them out, did two Leviton ones, worked great. And now every light switch uh, is smart and programmable. And so I was thinking, whenever I leave the bathroom, I want to turn all the lights off, but I don't want to hit like five different switches because we have a closet in there and all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, this is really simple, but I think it's going to be effective. And so I set up an automation, which you can do in the home app, hit the plus, new automation. When accessory is controlled is the trigger. And so for that, I did when my main vanity bathroom lights, when I turn those off, because those are the lights right over the mirrors, over the sink. If there's ever a light that is going to be on and it'd be the only one that's on, it'll be that one. And if there's one that um, we turn off when we leave, it is that one. And so I basically when accessories controlled, when that light turns off, turn off every other light in the master bathroom. There's a shower light, exhaust fan, toilet light, master closet light. And I love it. It works great. So now when I leave the master bathroom, all I have to do is hit that one Wemo switch that turns off the vanity lights in the bathroom and all the other lights turn off automatically. I don't have to go around hitting like five or six switches. This won't probably work for all rooms in the house because there are probably times like in your living room where you want to turn off maybe your overhead lights, but you still want to have like your ceiling fan light on. I have that situation in the family room. We have a ceiling fan light and then canned lights in the family room. And I want to be able to turn one off and leave the other on. So it doesn't work for every room, but for the bathroom specifically, it's great. And so now I can just hit one switch and the entire bathroom turns off and I don't have to think about it. And I don't have to, you know, nice. tell Siri to turn something off. And so just a little automation, depending <laughs> on your room needs, uh, might be useful for somebody. So I thought that was pretty cool. Sweet. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned that, and I'm sitting here fervorously trying to search through my Twitter uh, notifications and there's a lot of them there was did we mention that leviton news there wasn't there some update to their app that someone had tweeted to us about and i don't know if we ever talked about it yes the e the email that uh, came through uh that we finally got to from jake de groot where he talked about all the leviton stuff he said that the leviton released firmware update 1.4.8 and seems to have dramatically improved connection stability so new firmware for Leviton switches and improves it. I've already had a good experience with the Leviton switches. They've been connected. Actually, side note, this wasn't in the uh, notes, but now we've had a couple storms because we live in Florida. Uh, there's been some power blips where the power has blipped out for like a minute or a few seconds. And I was like, okay, a couple things. I'm going to get me some APCs. And so I got some APC battery backups for my computer and the main equipment here in the studio. And then I got another APC for the internet hub 
where the uh, Ubiquity Dream Machine and that server is all there. So I got two APCs, so if the power blips, I don't have to worry about my Mac Studio cutting out. I don't have to worry about even the internet going out. The internet will stay up for at least a little while due to that APC. So APCs, especially if you have periodic power outages, great idea. And then I uh, I forgot what I was uh, talking about. Oh, the switches during those power outages, my Wemo and Maris switches, there will always be one that's like blinking at me after the power comes back on. And the home app will tell me, can't connect to this accessory. For some reason, there's always one, because I have a bunch of these switches all over the house now. Every time there's a power blip, there's always one switch that I have to go. I basically hold it to like reset the Wi-Fi settings. I don't do factory default, just Wi-Fi. And for some reason, after a couple of minutes, it reconnects, no problem. Like I don't have to repair it. I don't have to factory reset it. I just hold the button down for a second to do whatever Wi-Fi reset and it's good to go. But I have found every power blip, there's always one and it's always a Wemo or a Maris. And uh, the Leviton ones, to Jake's point and to this, their stability, it's never the Leviton or the Lutron uh, switches that do that after a power outage. So that's been my experience. Well, I, w- I forgot even about what uh, Jake had said. I was talking, I guess it was an email, not a Twitter notification, but just uh-huh. a couple of days ago, Keith Proctor hey. said that Leviton has n- now has a motion sensing light switch for HomeKit users with their second gen setup, which I did not know about. Ooh. I sent you the link for it, but yes. that is pretty cool. And I'm very curious if the motion sensing capabilities are exposed to HomeKit or it's just the control of the light. But in this situation, you have an actual appropriate dimmer for a room in the light switch and then full control with HomeKit and Siri. So this is pretty sweet. Mm. That is pretty sweet. I will, uh, and I love that it has like the dimming capabilities, not just on and off with the motion sensor, but dimming too. This is like an all-in-one awesome solution. I might uh, might check that out because uh, I was also been playing around with motion in the master bathroom. Like when you walk in, it turns on lights at a dim level during this time of day, turns it on brighter another time of day. And this would uh, be nice because I wasn't sure where to put a motion sensor in the bathroom, but have it built into the switch. Why not? And uh, it's also looks like cheaper on Amazon. It is uh, 50 bucks, although it ships. (laughs) It arrives July 2nd, so it's a few weeks out. (laughs) So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Maybe I'll get it directly from Leviton. But no, that's cool. I like that switch. Okay. Last minor thing, because I thought of it as I was going through my Twitter things. During DubDub, Apple put up its HomeKit page on the on the display that talked about the HomeKey partners, and once again, like Level is on that list, and I like tweeted at them, and they were like, "Just stay tuned." So it's like sounds like maybe we're actually gonna get a HomeKey update to those Level locks. That would be nice. That would be nice. I know. Hope so. Hanging on to mine, really hoping. I don't know why yeah. it's, I mean, it's classic HomeKit situation of take eight years to get something certified. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the struggle. Well, you know, we were worried about uh, not having a show, Andrew, and then here we are once again. We had here nothing we to talk about today, folks. Nothing. <laughs> <We had laughs> and still 48 minutes in. That's how we do. 
So listeners, let us know. Help us out next week. Throw in your HomeKit questions, what projects you got going on, what new accessories that you've got recently that you would like to uh, tell us about. And maybe we haven't mentioned it on the show yet. Well, we'd love to do that. And you can uh, email us, tweet at us. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. That's one of the best ways we can look back. And uh, don't forget, five-star rating and review. Give you a shout-out. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash HomeKitInsider. Just smacking my fingers as hard as I can. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) 